The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. It's Lo. Welcome to a brand new episode of I Love Wellness. We have a fabulous guest on the show today. If everybody in their collective homes could give a warm round of applause to Danielle Bernstein. (laughs) Thank you. Danielle, normally we record in a studio, but during these times we record from home and I make everybody in the studio clap. (laughs) So I'm my own team of clappers today, but that's okay. Um, Anybody that is not familiar with Danielle, she is the amazing creator and founder of We Wore What, and you are now a best-selling author. Your new book is This Is Not a Fashion Story, so congratulations, and thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course, I'm happy to do this. This is very exciting. I follow you on Instagram, obviously, and love your outfits. How are you doing right now? So it's the end of May. It was just your birthday. We're living in interesting times. Yeah. How's everything you going? Know, I'm doing okay. I I'm I feel pretty motivated, all things considered, and just sort of ready for what's next. And even though there's this big fear of the unknown and we don't really know what's next, I'm just ready for it and excited to take on new things and to keep growing my current businesses and new ones and just sort of very eager right now. I love that. You know, it's interesting in terms of the unknown. And I think especially for New Yorkers, because you're a native New Yorker. I've lived in Manhattan for the last eight years. Um, You know, everybody is in flux right now and nobody really knows what's on the horizon. And it's so refreshing to hear somebody who has made peace with the idea of the unknown Mm -hmm. and have you always been somebody that is good at managing that? Or is that something that you have kind of improved upon recently because of sort of the the situation? I think a little bit of both. My entire career, the industry was really being defined as we grew up with it. So there was always Mm -hmm. this sort of unknown in the future. And I think a really important aspect of that was remaining very nimble and flexible in my business decisions. And so while always holding on to my values, I've been able to pivot really well over the years. And I think this situation is forcing us to do that now more than ever. Yeah. Well, that's very impressive and and bravo. Cause I know that for a lot of people, I mean, even me, I'm like, what am I going to be doing in six months? And I know, you know, like I run love wellness, we live in New York, but you know, it's, there's, it's just uncertain times, but I was having a, a conversation with my friend, Lauren, when I drove out to Long Island today, and I'm actually starting to get to the place where you are at, which is kind of looking forward to the future and kind of mm-hmm. considering this energy is something that you can take advantage of and, and sort of use to your benefit. So bravo, you've gotten there way earlier than everybody else, apparently. <laughs> Listen, you have to remain optimistic. And I, and I know that I'm influencing so many people. And so I want to be that source of motivation for others. And in order to be that, I have to have it myself. And so I've almost sort of forced myself to have this motivation so that I can show that and share that really authentically with my audience too. Yeah. Do you have people in your life that kind of help you do that or have inspired you to approach your life and your career that way? Because I know that some people are just sort of born that way. They got it. They're go-getters. And for other people, they have mentors and people that kind of like help them um, down their path to success. Um, what, what does that look like for you? Because I'm sure people are curious yeah. that, you know, want to get in the, want to get in the business. Like how do they, how do they do it? 
I think that uh, a lot of it has just been something that I've always had be a part of me, but I'm really Mm -hmm. motivated by my peers and my surroundings, especially when I'm in New York City. I just think the hustle is so motivating um, when you're in the city. But I guess out here, it's really just self-motivation. That's really interesting. So I would love to kind of talk about your origin story and how you have gotten to where you are today. You know, you have one of the most recognized fashion blogs in the world. You are like a leader in your industry. So how did you make this happen? It, like I'm always so fascinated to hear from people that have that have done this because it's it's really challenging. Yeah, no, I mean I started ten years ago and I started. Wow, ten! Oh my gosh, ten years ago, and I started. We were what as a street style blog. I was a street style photographer running around New York City, running up to women and asking to take their photos when they had cool outfits on. And then eventually it turned into a personal style blog, and then eventually Instagram came about, and I became social media influencer, which then allowed me to start my shop. We were what business Mo assist my tech company, write a book and all the other business ventures that I've been a part of. So it's really been 10 years in the making. And people always ask me like, okay, how do I, how do I do what you did? And I'm like, listen, it wasn't like it happened overnight. You know, our generation Mm -hmm. wants this instant gratification of success and it's not an overnight process. Like I really did work hard to get to where I am today. And it really was the product of or, of organic growth and growing a really trusting relationship with my followers over the years. So mm-hmm. that's sort of like in 30 seconds what I, what I do and how I got here. But obviously there was a bunch of things that happened along the way. And those are all really outlined specifically in my book. And I go into detail on all the really fun stories and things that happened along the way. So when you were first doing your blog, how did you know that you were on to something? Because, you know, there's been lots of fashion blogs and, you know, some stand out and some perform better than others. So like, what was kind of that first indicator that you were doing something that people were interested in? And it can be like, the data told me so, or just customer, you know, or just feedback from people. So like, how did you know that, that what you were doing was working? Yeah, it was a combination of uh, actual eyeballs that were viewership numbers and impressions that I was getting on my blog and my Instagram, and then sales that worked being converted because of that. So mm-hmm. I like to measure my success with the number of people that get to see it, but also the return on your investment. So the number of sales that are actually converted because of that. And so I think that when I started seeing brands emailing me, oh my God, we sold out of this thing you wore, or I saw mm-hmm. a, a publication get thousands of followers because of a post, um, I really started realizing that there was a business here and started focusing on and solely on my blog as my career. Yeah. So did you have a full-time job before or like concurrently when you were first running the We Were What business? I was in school. So I was at FIT when, and I did have two part-time jobs while I was at FIT. And then I was blogging between classes, during classes, after classes, and really started focusing on that. So I ended up dropping out of college uh, to pursue We Were What full-time. And Mm -hmm. that was a decision I made with my father's help. And I had like a very professional meeting with him. And that story is also in my book. And I, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I was like, I need you. I put, I put together this entire presentation and I was like, I need you to help support me while I pursue my blog full time. And if I can't support myself financially within the next X many months, I think it was six months, then I'll go back to school and I'll give up. We were what? 
and I ended up never going back. That's really interesting. So it, it was at a certain point where you had started to be able to monetize to a certain degree and then felt like you were in a good place where you could kind of take the leap and, and, and pursue it full time. Exactly. I love that. I get the same question all the time too. Like, how do you know when you can do this? And you know, for me, I always make very like careful decisions, calculated ones, mm-hmm. instead of trying to throw myself off a cliff and then trying to figure it out. But I mean, that's helpful in some ways too. You know, you have to go for it from time to time. But I also, I, I get the question and I'm sure you do too. Like, should I quit my job and do this thing? And I'm like, well, yes, at a certain point, but I, it, I wouldn't I know it's, actually take that step until you can support yourself. Exactly. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree with that more. I think it's such a personal decision. It's really depends on if you're financially stable and you you know can take that risk but even though a lot of my business decisions have been risks they're all educated risks so I never really just like blindly mm-hmm. went into something everything was there was a lot of thought and a lot of research that went behind every decision I've ever made I think that's really helpful to hear and understand um, sort of about the category because I think that a lot of people think, oh, like it's just easy to, you know, run a fashion blog and take photos and do this. But the amount of effort and work that goes into this type of thing is, it's like climbing Mount Everest by yourself every single day. Um, and so, you know, all of the women who sort of like sit next to you are achieving remarkable things from my perspective and and I know how much goes into it. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious what you can tell me about how the fashion industry and influencing has changed over the last 10 years. And I think that you know you are one of the people has sort of helped to kind of create those trends. And so what have you seen really like as standout moments for you? I mean, it's the fashion industry has completely changed the way the modern form of advertising. I mean, the influencers have. So, you know, whereas in the past you pay X amount of dollars for a billboard in Times Square, now you're paying an influencer because you know that you're reaching this many people, you're reaching this specific demographic, and you're reaching a demographic of consumers. So it's the most modern form of advertising, and it's completely changed the way brands spend their marketing dollars. And, Mm -hmm. you know, influencers have kind of turned the fashion industry upside down. And for better or for worse, you know, publications and, and big brands have almost had, like, they've been forced to get on board with influencers and this more modern way of sharing clothing. How do you manage that from a business perspective? Do you have a team? Do you handle sort of inbounds yourself? Kind of, I'm so curious, like how many people you work with and and what that structure looks like. My like very close knit, we were what team is three people, Mo, who's been with me for mm-hmm. seven years and Claudia, who's my brand coordinator. And then Kim, who's my personal assistant, but everyone sort of dips their toes in a bunch of different roles. And then I have mm-hmm. an agent, Jen, who I found we were with next model management as uh, untraditional talent when I first signed with them. And then we left the agency together many years ago to start our own thing and to just be in-house together. So Jen negotiates all my contracts and works on my deals with brands, but I'm very involved in every step of the process, especially with my contracts, mm-hmm. just because I have that more business savvy side to me. And then I have sure. my shop. We work that team. I have my Danielle Bernstein team and I have my Moses team. So a bunch of different external teams, but my main team is four people. Mm, okay. I love that. 
Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company woo, that makes eating well, easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. The recipes are quick with step-by-step instructions, chef tips and photos to guide you along. And there is truly something for everyone, including me. Their meal plans include paleo, plant-powered, keto and balanced living. So with Green Chef, it is easy to eat well and discover new recipes every week that you will love to cook. I personally have enjoyed how much time Green Chef helps me save on busy weeknights, and it is so easy with the ingredients pre-measured and perfectly portioned. It literally saves so much time. So our listeners can use code ILW80 to get $80 off your first month plus free shipping on your first box. Go to greenchef.com slash ILW80 to redeem and for more details. That is greenchef.com slash ILW80 and enter code ILW80 for $80 off your first month plus free shipping on your first box. Now back to I Love Wellness. So I'd love to transition a little bit and talk about your new book. So this is not a fashion story. I see you reading it on Instagram. Please send me a copy so that I can. I will. (laughs) I actually might have you help me and buy a copy on Amazon because it counts. Okay, I will buy. Send me the link. I will buy a copy on Amazon. Everybody copies, but it actually counts. Like individual purchases count towards sales for like the bestseller list and all that stuff. So. Danielle, you're a, you're a savvy lady. I'm happy to purchase on Amazon. <laughs> I, in my mind, I was like, just carry your pigeon the book from West Hampton to Bridgehampton. I actually copies here. But yes, tell me about the book. H- how did you decide that you wanted to write a book? Have you been taking copious notes for years? Everybody has a different method and process when it comes to something like this. So I'm just curious yes, kind of totally. how you originally got the idea and how you executed on it. Yeah. So I started writing a very different book five years ago after a really bad breakup. It was oh, a sex-driven relationship book. And then mm-hmm. I realized that was probably not the book that I should write and put out there into the world at 23 mm-hmm. years old. And so I waited until... Wow, what a revelation. Congratulations. (laughs) I mean, not that it would have been bad, but I just, it's so impressive to like hear a young person like make a decision that is like such a pivot. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it just wasn't, I I was, oh, I almost signed a publishing deal. It just wasn't the right situation. And I Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel good about it already. And I had a lot of self-growth to do. So I did that. And then at 27 years old, I finally felt like I was ready and had enough to share. So I worked with um, a co-author to help me put all of the notes that I had collected over the years and the stories that I wanted to write about um, into a a story and book format and worked on for the past year and a half on that. It was like the biggest therapy session of my life. When did the book come out? Did you do a book tour or did it come out right around when COVID started? Three weeks ago now? Yeah. I came out three weeks ago. ago. I was supposed to do a book tour. I had this major plan for it. Um, All Mm -hmm. these different cities I was going to go to. And we completely had to change that. So I was supposed to go on Good Morning America. I did an interview at home instead. And all the different press that we were going to do, we just had to work with what we could. And so I'm doing a virtual book club instead. And hopefully, Mm -hmm. eventually, we'll be able to do an actual book tour. But for now, it's all virtual. 
it's like everybody has had to figure out how to pivot. Um, yeah. And I guess, you know, thank, thank goodness for the internet. <laughs> like it's our saving grace to me, in my opinion, it also like is the core of the destruction of society as we know it. But I also love it. So like two sides to that coin. It's um, yeah. It's really both, you know, and I think for me, and I, I'm sure for you too, you know, television and the internet has played a huge role in my life and shaped who I am as a person and affected my development. I can say at this point in primarily positive ways, but for a long time, I really struggled with being on TV and having everybody know who I was. Mm -hmm. And like, sometimes still I go on Instagram and you know, like when you don't want to log into your bank account, cause you're like nervous to see what's there. That's how <laughs> I feel about going on to Instagram every single time. I'm like, I don't think I want to do this. <laughs> oh, that feels and like so much. It's a struggle for me. And I'm just curious how you have navigated that aspect of your job, specifically, like, how do you deal with being a public figure? Because it's different for everybody. Like for me, it makes me a little uncomfortable. But for other people, they're really good at it. So I'm just curious, kind of like how you approach it on a day to day basis. Yeah, and like, what I mean, is the challenge for you? When I started, we were what I was behind the camera. So I never really intended on being this sort of public figure. And sure. It's definitely been an adjustment over the years. I've had to get more comfortable with who I am and sharing different sides of me. And it's almost forced me to be a lot more authentic because I have all these eyeballs on me every day and people are so smart now, especially my followers and they can call. Yes. Oh my God. They can call <laughs> bullshit in two seconds. So I have just, I've gotten very used to it. I would say it's not something I ever intended on happening, but I'm fully embracing it and taking it on and, and enjoying it and really looking at it as more of a responsibility. Because now that I know I influence all these people, like I have a true responsibility to be a good role model. I really like your approach. When you have hard days though, like how do you manage that? Do you still I, go on Instagram? Do you still post stuff? Like, yeah, do you just power I mean, through or do you like take time for yourself? I either share that, like, hey, I'm having a hard day, guys, not feeling my best, mm -hmm. like, see you later, or I just don't post. I, I, it's really, I either share it or I just kind of like go away for a minute. But the going away for a minute doesn't really happen that often. It probably should because I think my followers can tell when I'm in a bad place and I'm still like trying to put on a show in a sense. and. I think that sharing, if I'm just like, guys, hey, I feel like shit today, I'm not going to be online. I think that they would respect that. So, oh, I think so too. I think, I, I think that there is a certain place of the internet where there is like a lot of kindness and, and empathy, especially with sort of communities like yours where people, uh, you know, are really engaged with you and really committed to you and feel like, you know, they know you and they trust you. And I, it's like they want to like give back to you in that way. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Kind of like the red thread that I'm getting from this conversation is that you are a very brave person. And yeah. I'm just super curious where this bravery comes from. Probably going through like my parents getting divorced at such a young age and sort of growing up much faster than I maybe was supposed to. And I think I sort of like stepped into this role of like the protector of the rest of my family. And so I would say probably from that. Yeah. I guess 
from like a self-care perspective and at Love Wellness, we love self-care. <laughs> Our foundation is in self-care. Um, how do you take care of yourself? Like, I would love to know, like, what are the three things that help you feel great? For me, it's like taking a bath, meditation, and like doing Tarantumi. So for you, like, what yeah. does self-care look like for you? Definitely working out. So either doing Melissa Woodhealth or Leah Bartha. And then mm -hmm. I used to meditate a lot. I have not meditated all of... I meditated in the beginning of quarantine and then I got really bad at it just because I became so big. <laughs> I would love to be better at meditating, that's for sure. And then just taking a night off, having a nice glass of wine, like enjoying some like stupid TV and letting myself like take a break from social media. That's really like my two things. Yeah, I understand. Just some private time. I see you watching Serena Kerrigan on Friday nights. Her new Instagram show is oh so my funny. God. Are you going to watch tonight? <laughs> yes, I'm planning on it. I've watched the last two Fridays. Um, oh, maybe yeah, we'll even three Fridays. <laughs> the comments, dude, like, I'm afraid to jump in because I'm afraid that people are going to be like, shut up, Lo. You're new here. You don't know what's not going on. <laughs> no, you, I'll, I'll be your initiator into the comment section because we have like a core crew there. So I'll see you there tonight. <laughs> I know. I see you and Joey Zaza like going off in the comments all the time. I'm like, I want to talk too, but nobody knows me. <laughs> I think people will get excited to see you there. You should do it. Okay. Well, I will definitely watch tonight. Okay. Just a couple more questions for you. And then we're going to let you go. Cause I know that you're celebrating your birthday. So what is your secret ritual? This is something that you do that makes you feel happy or helps you unwind anything like that. And it can be like, I have pizza every Friday night to like, I take a walk every morning. Damn thing. Okay. Without a doubt. After a workout, before a workout, at the end of the day, like throw on a great song and dance. That's it. She's a dancer. <laughs> I love that. Okay. That's a really good one. I've been doing that a lot lately too. And like, to me, that's kind of meditative, to be honest. Oh. You know, you like throw on the music, you like move around like a wild person and it feels fabulous. Yeah. And I have a feel good playlist on my Spotify that I have to send you. And it's literally just that it's feel good songs. Oh, yes, please do. That would be fabulous. DM me. Okay. And then my last question, what is the one thing that you do now that you wish that you had learned earlier? Probably all of those things, right? Like working out properly, eating right, self-care and meditation and definitely all of that. Yeah. I think that's a really great answer. For me, it's, def it's definitely the same. You know, I'm 33 and it's taken me a really long time to realize it, that like the things that the doctor told you to do early and often, yeah. you know, <laughs> sleep a lot, drink water, eat healthy, move your body. Like those things, they really make the, the most significant difference mm -hmm. out of anything else that you can do. It's just those simple basics. And once you make peace with it, it's like, okay. Well, this was so wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. Where can our listeners find you and find your book and all of your products? Please do let us know. Shameless plug time. So at We Were What, at Shop We Were What for my brands, at Danielle Bernstein for my other brand. And This Is Not a Fashion Story is available on Amazon and at a bunch of independent bookstores and Barnes and Noble and all those good places. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for your time, Danielle. Thank Happy you birthday. Thank for having me.